Welcome to Psyche Magic, a podcast about waking up to the subconscious via our nocturnal dreams. I'm your host, Jordan Hale. I'm a psychotherapist based in Nashville, Tennessee. Together, we'll learn to befriend the unknown and her deep well of wisdom. While aspects of this podcast may feel therapeutic, it is never meant to take the place of therapy. Welcome to season two of Psyche Magic. I am so thrilled to be back after taking some time off to regroup and consider what this next chapter of the show should look like. I have some exciting ideas I can't wait to share with you all. I'll include a mid-episode break with all of this info, so please stay tuned. But first, I'll let you in on a bit of what's been going on in my world as it pertains to today's episode topic. For me, summer is a challenging season. It's chaotic and overstimulating. I find that taking a few things off my plate in the summer months is a great way to find a bit of balance in what is historically a challenging time, where I'm likely to overheat on multiple levels. I also find it useful to channel some of this excess energy into more freeform and abstract creativity. One of my early realizations with my first therapist was understanding the ways that my creativity has been stunted and stifled by experiences of trauma, resulting in fear of authentic self-expression. Some of you who have been here from the beginning may remember, this is one of the main reasons I started this podcast in the first place. It has been interesting to see how in the absence of this creative outlet, my dreams have presented me with creative material in the form of songwriting, language practice, and even ideas for TV shows. I completed a long-standing bucket list item, co-writing a song with my friend Biz Coletti. You may remember her name as she was my guest on Psyche Magic Episode 3. She and I recorded the song together this summer, and she may be releasing it in the future. I'll play the song at the end of the episode for those who are interested. I'm so grateful that she was able to help me fan the flames of this little spark into a reality. My dreams this summer have, at the same time, been intense and challenging, and my work in my personal therapy has shifted to treating some longstanding trauma. Even as a therapist, I have struggled to define and claim this word experientially. Indeed, my understanding of trauma is that it can only be defined subjectively. Trauma is any experience that overwhelms the nervous system to a degree that it becomes difficult to cope and return to a felt sense of safety. This often causes lasting symptoms. Examples can be depression and anxiety, ongoing relationship distress, chronic pain, and a pervasive sense of shame. Messages from our body that something isn't right. One method for treating trauma that I've been exploring with my treatment team is psychedelic-assisted psychotherapy, the subject of today's episode. 
Undeniably, psychedelics have recently entered mainstream consciousness to a degree we have never seen, thanks in part to the work of researchers like Michael Pollan and Paul Stamets. Indeed, shortly after this interview was held, the Biden administration announced the plan to pursue FDA approval of therapeutic use of both MDMA and psilocybin for treatment of PTSD and depression. The research of the efficacy of these medicines is robust and extremely impressive. But before Western white male researchers got a hold of them, indigenous peoples like Maria Sabina were partnering with plant medicines like psilocybin for the purposes of bringing healing to her community. Maria was known as a curandera, also known as a sabia or one who knows in her community in Oaxaca in the mid 20th century. She was the first to allow Westerners to participate in her healing rituals known as veladas. These were seen as purification rituals, opening communication with the sacred in an effort to heal the sick. She later claimed to regret allowing Western visitors to participate in the rituals, and their lack of respect for the medicine caused her community and personal life to be overrun with tourists who wanted to exploit her and the experiences she had so carefully cultivated. In this example, in an effort to heal the human-specific trauma of chronic disconnection in late-stage capitalism, disconnection from our bodies, the natural world, each other, and ourselves, more trauma was inadvertently created in the very communities that were offering to help. Physician, trauma expert, and Holocaust refugee Gabor Mate offers us this fitting definition of trauma. Quote, so much of what we call abnormality in this culture is actually normal responses to an abnormal culture. The abnormality does not reside in the pathology of the individuals, but in the very culture that drives people into suffering and dysfunction." Unquote. As we look ahead to the future of psychedelics, the careful balance of reciprocity must always be upheld with plant medicine, a lesson we have had to learn the hard way in the wake of the climate crisis. We must respect the sentience of nature and never take more than we actually need. With access to these medicines opening up, it will remain to be seen whether we can maintain that balance. Here to speak to this today is my guest, Robert DeSalvo a licensed clinical social worker trained to provide both MDMA and ketamine-assisted psychotherapy and co-founder of the Nashville Psychedelic Center. I learned so much talking with him, and I'm so excited to see this really encouraging shift in our field towards treatment methods that are efficient, effective, and long-lasting. I hope you enjoy it. All right, Robert DeSalvo, welcome to Psyche Magic. Yeah, thanks. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. I'm excited too, Robert. I was telling you a minute ago that I'm ready to nerd out with you about <laughs> this subject. So I'm ready. Yeah. Robert, why don't you just introduce yourself mm -hmm. first, please, for the audience, and then we'll get going. Yeah. Um, so I'm Robert. Yeah, DeSalvo. I'm, I'm a therapist in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I've had a private practice for 
probably almost 15 years and really enjoyed that and have been kind of transitioning my practice a little bit more towards, um, you know, doing some psychedelic work, uh, which is kind of topic of the day today, historically, or, or still do, I guess, do a lot of trauma work. I work with a lot of LGBTQ individuals and it, it's largely that, that trauma piece that kind of like steered my path a little bit more into uh, psychedelic work with my co-founder of the Nashville Psychedelic Center. And so, yeah, that's kind of my, my current work and a little bit about myself, I guess. Yes. Perfect. Robert, thank you. I really admire the work that you do and I'm excited to learn more myself selfishly, but also sure. to help my audience and other people learn more about it too. So I'm excited. Um, all right. Step one, Robert, you know how it goes. We got to do our tarot, tarot yep. moment, tarot pull. Robert, have you, do you have experience with tarot? I'm just curious. Yeah, uh, not much. I, I mean, I've um, probably about like five times in my life. So I'm, yeah. I mean, a little bit, maybe. I don't know what the average is for people. But, I was going to say, me neither, actually. <laughs> yeah. I would say I'm but you've not dipped a, a toe into that world yeah. before. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, fun. So yeah, the intention for these episodes is always like just a little bit of guidance for mm -hmm. the conversation. What do we need to pay attention to? What would be just really useful for mm -hmm. us and for everyone listening? So sure. let's see what comes up. Ooh. Okay. So I'm going to hold this card up for you, Robert. Okay. So we pulled the three of wands. Okay. So I'm going to let you get a good little gander at that. Okay. And then I'm going to just describe it for the audience. Mm -hmm. um, in case you all don't have your tarot cards memorized. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the three of wands is like a from behind picture of a man. So his back is to us and he's standing out looking over this landscape. He's got three wands around him he's holding on to one of them and um, the landscape is also very sparse like there's just a little bit of a mountain top in the distance there's some water ahead of him there are some boats on the water and so it's just this really like grand landscape that he's looking out onto so okay so when you see this card Robert what happens for you like what comes up what do you notice what are you interested in yeah. So my my kind of initial gut reaction was kind of this man on a journey feel for me. And as we're you were kind of going through the the description, you know, spars and water in the distance. And you know, a lot of this could just be, you know, since the topic today. But yeah, I mean it really resonated with me as far as kind of like, you know, the the path of psychedelic medicine and you know what it's moving towards, but this kind of like sparse, scattered beginning to it. You know, to, to, I guess, personalize it some, I mean, you know, viewing myself in that kind of like, you know, transitory space with that, you know, I think there's a, a bit of a divide to cross just, you know, kind of with the, the legal environment and, and, you know, kind of some public perception stuff, but I do see that you know, kind of promised land, you know, nice, uh, I guess the water, the boats on the water, you know, they're in the future. So yeah, I guess that, that's what kind of like resonated with that. I could probably figure out maybe some little bit more personal <laughs> life stuff, you know, if I had a minute, but yeah, that was, that was my initial uh, reaction to it. I know. I know. It's so great to just get the kind of gut take, you mm -hmm. know, because mm -hmm. I noticed that with these cards, man, there are so many layers and I try to pull a card like most mornings just mm -hmm. to kind of set the tone for the day. And I'll notice that like, sometimes a card will just keep working on me like over mm -hmm. time. But I 
love what you said about a journey. Mm -hmm. Like that just feels so appropriate to what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. So much of psychedelic work is about this sort of surrender Mm -hmm. to the unknown and surrender to the journey. And that's really what this card is all about. Like the difference between the two of wands and three of wands is that two of wands is a man sitting inside his like castle Mm -hmm. and he's looking out onto the world, but he hasn't stepped off of that precipice yet. Mm -hmm. And the three of wands, he's out there. Like he is doing the work. He's taking that leap of faith. And there are definitely some potential obstacles ahead, Mm -hmm. but also a lot of potential like benefit and really beautiful, wonderful things. So Mm -hmm. he's in it like boots on the ground. Yeah. I think is really cool. Yeah. Definitely resonate with that. Yeah. Yes. I love when tarot comes through like that and just gives us something really Mm -hmm. meaty, something we can sink our teeth into. Um, So we'll see as like, as we chat and as we get into more of your work, Mm -hmm. um, we'll see just how that image kind of reflects through the conversation. So, yeah. All right. So let's start with your dream. Mm -hmm. Robert was kind enough to present this like really lovely dream ahead of time. Mm -hmm. So I had a moment to kind of think about it and get into it a little bit. So Mm -hmm. please share your dream with the audience and then we'll we'll kind of get curious about it together just see what comes up see what evolves yeah i would love to um let me grab my dream notes real quick yes please love that i've been digging out from under my my dog (laughs) of course that's where he chooses to lay i know how that goes as a dog mom i completely understand yes love it yeah so this one was actually um uh was this two nights ago um yeah which which is interesting for me because I don't normally remember my dreams uh we talked a little bit about that but um I I have a bit of like a system if I if I have to right which is wake up in the middle of the night and then um I I more often than not remember my dream but that you know downside of course is is I woke up in the middle of the night I know I know I've heard people use that technique for lucid Mm -hmm. dreaming as well oh yeah yeah okay Mm -hmm. but yeah it, it was uh a really uh Uh, kind of serendipitous you know interesting you know connected dream here but interestingly started with um I was in like some sort of like law enforcement or police academy because there was a a kind of like a classroom vibe to it but yeah I I don't think we were in like uniform anything like that but just I, I knew it was like a law enforcement you know some sort of academy there I kept getting in trouble being a bit of the class clown, um, <laughs> which has some some roots in my childhood, you know, we can <laughs> get into or not at some point. Yes, but... there's a part of you for which that is like a very real thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so that part I was like, yeah, okay, of course. But um, <laughs> yeah, and so I was like getting in trouble a lot. And yeah, it just kind of like caused some issues, but it was progressing. And then I think, I, I guess I graduated, that part's a little fuzzy, but um, I had some problems like getting a job I guess afterwards um and there's like some frustration feelings that came up I started contemplating turning to like bank robbing yeah you know so I guess it's kind of like right turn or or 180 into below ground you know uh illegal versus legal or or more shadowy yes yeah shadowy maybe a rejection of kind of the current you know uh law enforcement atmosphere ah. yeah that that kind of like fell to the wayside a little bit and then um I was like okay well I, I don't want to do that that's I don't feel good about that it jumped to starting a um psilocybin therapy training program and I was in I just remember module one 
kind of whatever wow. that means. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, felt felt a lot better with that and and had some kind of like messaging around yeah, feelings towards society and society's viewpoints with that. And and then I woke up or I dream ended or, or whatever it was. But yeah, so it was interesting, especially since I rarely remember dreams. I was like, oh, okay. I know. Yeah. I, the the first thing that strikes me about this dream is the sort of scope of it. Like mm -hmm. it actually covers a lot of like history and ground. Like it, mm -hmm. if we were watching a movie, it would be more of like a montage of yeah, events yeah. that occurred over like a long period of time, mm -hmm. which I think is really interesting in terms mm -hmm. of a journey. Three of wands. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the symbols of the dream. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about phase one of the dream is the law enforcement phase. Mm -hmm. And so when you yeah. sort of just associate about that symbol, what comes up for you? Like, what does that sort of like strike within you? No, great. Yeah, good question. Um, I was thinking a little bit about that, you know, kind of uh, past, uh, I guess, couple of days. And my, my kind of reaction to that or what that brought up for me was fit into kind of like mainstream ideology, mainstream viewpoints on kind of like good, bad, right, wrong, you know, helpful versus unhelpful. And, you know, I would say that that was kind of somewhat my past, you know, grew up pretty, uh, you know, run of the mill situation. Um, none of my parents were bank robbers, anything like that. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was curious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little less exciting than it could be, but, um, you know, had some of the, uh, you know, in, in relation to like, you know, psychedelics and, and medicine with that. I mean, you know, a lot of the like dare lang or, or, you know, dare messages and language growing up and mm -hmm. yeah, you know, yeah. one, uh, you know, one time will turn your brain to mush. And, yep. and so, you know, kind of like bought into a lot the of The egg in the frying pan. Like, yep. yeah 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 scrambled up and you know it's like well <laughs> uh, I, I think that was weed right you know it's like oh my god you yeah. know I don't want that <laughs> and yeah carried a lot of that over you know through college um you know kind of like early adulthood right after college and just kind of kept a lot of that viewpoint on on the potential like you know harm that this can do and yeah scrambling the brain and so so I think that's what kind of resonated with me with that um is, is I feel like it kind of paralleled that part of my my life and journey yeah um and including the class clown part you know like definitely that was a little bit too that part's interesting to me because on one hand you're sharing that there was a certain amount of like buy-in that you had mm -hmm. with those messages that like any quote-unquote illicit substance is all mm -hmm. bad right mm -hmm. but then there was this other part of you that was more of sort of a trickster like a jokester mm -hmm. part that that is related to like a core part of who you are mm -hmm. that served to like disrupt that narrative mm -hmm. a little bit in the dreams that's interesting yeah kind of maybe like dipping a toe in in some of that you know other side or poking yeah. some fun at it or poking you know, a little maybe... fun yes mm -hmm. for sure mm -hmm. yeah creating some of the the tears in that fabric you know exactly. that, that, I mean kind of opened up more so a little later in life exactly maybe it doesn't mm -hmm. all have to be so black and white and so serious mm -hmm. And so then the dream shifted because there was that sense of like, okay, this isn't a good fit. So now what? Now mm -hmm. we'll swing the pendulum totally to the other side, yeah. right? We'll do bank robbing, which is more of, I want to let you associate about this, but when sure. I go to bank robbing, I go to something that is quite irresponsible, right? Mm -hmm. Risky, yep. dangerous. Okay. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So what about you? What are your associations with that part of mm -hmm. the dream? Yeah, definitely had that, you know, where it's just like, okay, like, <laughs> wait a second, you know, like this, this kind of like tear away from that, you know, kind of right, wrong and, and exploring some new territory. But yeah, finding that like, 
all right, that that's, you know, the symbolism of that's obviously a bit too far. And, and mm-hmm. what I find with, you know, some of the personal change I've had and what I see with a lot of my clients and, and you may too is, you know, often when we start, you know, that that change, it's like that pendulum swings. Yes. And it often goes goes a little bit past center. <laughs> yes. You know, and, and kind of bordering into, you know, sometimes I, I mean, yeah, going past center into some unhealthy habits or behaviors, learning to set boundaries, but, you know, we become, you know, too firm and, and, yes. you know, too self-centered with it or whatever. And then, yeah, eventually that settles back ideally, right. You know, mm-hmm. to the middle with um, just a, a nice balance with things. So it's kind of that piece too, that resonated with me a little bit. Yeah. I'm wondering now, of course, but speaking of boundaries, please mm-hmm. share as much or as little sure. as you want. But I'm wondering if there's any reflection in that regard of like, once you did start opening yourself up to psychedelics, mm-hmm. was there a period of maybe exploration that felt a little bit like that kind of wild mm-hmm. side mm-hmm. for you? Like, is that reflected? I'm just curious. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I would say, I mean, if I think back to some of my, you know, first few experiences, you know, it, it very much felt, you know, I mean, I, I had to sit with some kind of like danger messages and, okay. and you know, bad, wrong messages, yeah. you know, which of course hindsight, right. You know, with, with the research we have on like safety and harm reduction, yes. I mean, it was, it was that pendulum that swung too far. Right. But yes, that makes sense. Yeah. I had a lot of that where it's just like, I'm doing this bad, wrong thing, but you know, maybe it's not and let me do it anyways. And so, yeah, I, I think it it really kind of tied in with that. It's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Like I need to find out for myself in order to start to feel into that middle way, like that sort mm-hmm. of more like middle path. Yeah. And then that leads us into the last part of the dream, which is about like using these substances in the safest mm-hmm. way possible, which mm-hmm. is therapeutically, like it's all right. about set and setting and creating mm-hmm. as much safety as possible. Mm-hmm. So anything else you want to add about that, please? Yeah, yeah. Well, and, you know, kind of like feeling more into that and learning more is, is you know, some of the journey was interesting, because unlike hindsight and kind of that hindsight 2020, what I realized is, is like some of those initial experiences, I, I mean, I was pretty safe with it. I mean, you know, like always had a good, you know, set, a good setting, dosage was always reasonable, you know, and, and so it was like this thing that felt this big and, and, you know, taboo, you know, yeah. was, I mean, there's some societal stuff around that, but, but, yes. you know, the, the kind of like safety piece I felt, it was like, no, actually, interestingly was, yeah, safe with it, you know, and, and kind of thought I was at, at the time, but so new and naive to it, you know, definitely, I didn't have a lot of guidance, unfortunately. Which um, is a big part mm-hmm. of this conversation mm-hmm. is that people, because we don't have the framework for it to be able to yeah. do these things safely, people are kind of feeling around in the dark and trying to figure mm-hmm. it out for themselves. And that can be, it can be dangerous, actually. Well, yeah, it can be. I mean, you know, getting into, you know, some difficult situations or, or you know, having some kind of really hard stuff come up, which will probably, you know, I don't know, get yes. into some unconscious exploration. Absolutely. And, and, yeah. And so that's part of what called to me with this work is, is, you know, kind of my experience with, I mean, thankfully things went pretty well overall, but um, it, it would have been beneficial to have, you know, a little bit more guidance, a little bit more, you know, kind of preparation, integration afterwards. Um, and, and also just kind of like a, a friendly voice, you know, that uh, kind of yes. sees a little different perspective as far as like, you know, maybe psychedelics aren't, aren't bad, you know, especially when used therapeutically and, and for growth. Yes. Yes. Like the mm-hmm. intention of the way that I am engaging with this substance and why 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this, you know, thankfully like research is, is, you know, showing that and, you know, just the effectiveness of, of these medicines, which been known for decades, you know, but it's nice to put some concrete numbers to that oh, yeah. and, and slowly changing public perception and, and hopefully kind of legal landscape. Yes, exactly. Um, uh, so cool. Okay. <laughs> that dream. I love that so much. Wait, mm -hmm. and you said that you had that recently, like kind of like in preparation mm -hmm. for this. That's yeah. so great. That makes me so happy. Like, I love that yeah. your system was like, here you go. Here's one. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Really showed up for me. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's normally, I mean, you know, maybe once a month or so, Yeah. but yeah, this would have been, I, I guess, Wednesday night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And today's Friday for anybody <laughs> listening oh, yes. later, a month from now. <laughs> exactly. Time doesn't mm -hmm. exist on this podcast. So mm -hmm. thank you for that. I love that, Robert. Thank you for sharing that beautiful yeah. dream. Um, I, yeah, I think that that's really just mm -hmm. powerful and lovely. Yeah, my pleasure. I want to hear just a little bit mm -hmm. more about sort of how you made this shift mm -hmm. for yourself and how you decided mm -hmm. that you wanted psychedelics to be like a part of your mm -hmm. clinical work. So not just mm -hmm. something that you were interested in personally, but also professionally. Yeah. Walk us through that a little bit, mm -hmm. if you would. Yeah. Well, I'd say it started with, you know, some of those personal experiences and, and, you know, just some of the, the kind of like internal movement that I felt from those experiences and just the growth and healing I, I received from the medicines just was kind of like had that in the back of my mind, you know, and, and there wasn't too much going on, you know, this was quite a few years ago and wasn't too much going on, you know, kind of like in, in the therapeutic world, but I always had that I see. Yeah. Like these are, you know, I, I really feel like I got a lot out of this. Yeah. And so, you know, that was just kind of sitting there, you know, percolating a little bit. And then I, I came across MAPS doing their MDMA studies for PTSD. Um, and so it, it, you know, my peaked interest is around the healing uh, properties of psychedelics yeah. combined with, I mean, my work, especially as a trauma therapist, yeah. I do a lot of EMDR helping people through, you know, kind of uh, childhood past and recent trauma and always, you know, kind of that, like looking for that next training or, or next thing to learn next model. And yeah, I ran across that and the, the, you know, research looks fantastic on it, you know, really effective. And so I was like, oh, well. Hmm, maybe I can combine these two things, you know, in, in my personal life. Yeah. Applied for the training and, and got accepted and was, you know, lucky enough to be in the, the first uh, expanded access cohort, you know, being the first person in Tennessee trained and got that ball rolling that way. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, question was MDMA mm -hmm. one of the substances that you had had personal experience mm -hmm. with, or did you choose that simply because mm -hmm. it was the available option mm -hmm. for you? Yeah, it was, you know, something I did have, you know, personal experience with and, and you know, to, um, yeah, open up a little bit about that. I mean, something that I've been kind of working on in, in therapy and personally is just getting a little bit more in touch with my heart, yes. that, that kind of like loving space and taking some of my walls down, you know, trying to kind of push through some of the protection that I had around that, which, you know, some is great and healthy. Some is, yeah, kind of some past trauma, you know, yes. stuff that, that was getting in the way and, you know, working on that and working on that and working on that. And then second, you know, MDMA experience, you know, it was just like, wow. There it is. Yeah. I finally, like I, I felt it, you know, I was like, 
that's what that's like and just get that like nice opening in the in the space of the medicine and and you know you do get that contraction a little bit afterwards but but yeah. you know you're able to and especially with you know help afterwards but you're able to, to take that feeling you know and, and kind of recall it and and going back to like tearing the fabric right it's like I that, know. like oh this little opening where the keyhole like oh now I know what it's like on the other side of that door exactly Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, I really appreciate you sharing that because I don't have a ton of personal mm-hmm. experience with psychedelic medicine. However, one of the experiences that I've had was with MDMA. Mm, and yeah. I completely agree that there was an opening for mm-hmm. me. There was an opening and there was a level of just unbridled love, mm-hmm. like yeah. really just without any holding back, like without mm-hmm. any shame or fear that often is so mixed in, yeah, right? Absolutely. And so it was just to feel that in its most sort of pure state and to understand mm-hmm. that it is accessible mm-hmm. and that yeah. it is wonderful <laughs> that we all should have access to that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for some share time about MDMA. <laughs> absolutely. And so now where are mm-hmm. you in your training? Like, are you doing mm-hmm. MDMA sessions with clients now? Yeah, so uh, right now, MDMA is still um, in phase three clinical trials, just under that umbrella. They're working on um, something called expanded access. And so that's when the FDA shows that or or sees that, you know, new medicine coming to market is effective and useful and like, okay, this is good enough for us to go ahead and kind of pre-approve it um, in a limited way. And so that was supposed to start, you know, this year, maybe even last year, um, but COVID and, and you know, some of the political stuff just kind of got in the way of that. Yes. So hopefully it'll be rolling out a little bit more broadly soon. Currently, the, the uh, I guess, kind of work I do is um, with ketamine and yes. so dissociative psychedelic that, uh, you know, is legal has been you know used for i I don't know since the 50s or something i I forget how long for uh you know more like surgically and and medicinally in that way and Mm -hmm. then um was found to have some like really interesting antidepressant qualities and kind of like has now expanded in out into being used in conjunction with psychotherapy and so it's ketamine assisted psychotherapy or cap and so doing a, a quite a bit of that work and combining that with um, some preparation integration. So the preparation is like pre, you know, experience, pre, yeah. pre-medicine experience of, you know, working on like beliefs and intentions and mindset and getting us into a, a pretty good place to, you know, on the front end, get the most out of an experience um, and then integration. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So great. And then integration is is that afterwards, right? Like, okay, you just had this like really, you know, hopefully opening and uh, ineffable and and you know just interesting and getting in touch in touch with the unconscious experience. Like, wow, how do I, you know, what do I now do with what? that? <laughs> Yeah. How do I make sense of this? And, you know, really try to cement, like once again, that peek through the keyhole, you know, like really try to cement some of this into everyday life. So that's kind of the umbrella that I'm currently working uh, with the National Psychedelic Center um, and my partner, Lindsay Weiner. Um, We kind of co-founded it. And yeah, I've really been bringing that to, to Nashville and I guess kind of surrounding areas too. We have some people that travel in. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so my understanding, sorry, there's like five things I want to say yeah. right now. So I'm going <laughs> to yeah. dial it back. Okay. So first, my understanding is that as mm-hmm. of now, ketamine assisted psychotherapy is primarily used for 
A, treatment resistant depression, mm -hmm. correct? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. And B, PTSD. Is that mm -hmm. right? Okay. Yeah, there's some PTSD, okay. some, um, and, and the ketamine-assisted psychotherapy is, uh, the medicine itself does have some good effects on depression, um, and ketamine uh, infusion, there, there's infusions, there's a, uh, like, protocol for that. Usually, it's about six infusions over two weeks. Yes. And that has that, like, really nice antidepressant quality to that, and you can kind of mix in cap with that, after that, before that, um, and, yeah, it's also just being used for, you know, some, like, just kind of personality exploration, um, you know, exploration of the unconscious. Mm -hmm. So kind of a, a, some broad things that, that sometimes don't always fit into like a diagnosis. Makes but, sense. Yeah. I mean, the diagnosis wise, I mean, depression, anxiety, you know, PTSD, that anxiety umbrella mm -hmm. with like PTSD. Yes. Mm -hmm. On that note, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. I am delighted to announce that Psyche Magic is now on Patreon. This podcast is a labor of love and an independent operation. If you're like me, supporting independent arts is deeply meaningful and a source of pride. If you decide to become a patron of this podcast, know that you'll be helping to keep the lights on allowing me to pay my team a fair wage, which as of now consists of myself and my amazing editor, Misuzu Inaga, and offsetting the financial and energetic costs of making the show. If you've been to my website, you also know that a portion of any proceeds from this podcast will go towards community-based organizations that support LGBTQ youth, such as the Oasis Center here in Nashville. By joining us on Patreon, you'll gain access to our bi-weekly bonus mini-sodes with meditations and exercises to enhance your dream work practices. This season, bonus mini-sodes will also feature custom healing frequency music by Misuzu Inaga herself to soothe your mind, body, and soul as you listen. You'll also receive detailed show notes for each full episode, as well as shout outs by name during the show. Bonus content for season one will remain free to all. If you aren't able to join the Patreon, there are still plenty of ways to support the show. You can share your favorite episodes with friends and loved ones, subscribe to us so you never miss an episode, and give us a five-star rating wherever you listen. You can also subscribe to our newsletter via our website so that you'll be the first to hear about new episodes, relevant articles and content, as well as fun interactive events I am planning for this season and beyond. Speaking of interactive events, I am trying something new this season. If you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, you'll automatically be entered to win a free virtual 20-minute shadow work tarot session with yours truly. Together, we will pull cards and discuss their symbolic meaning, much like we do here on the show. Winners will be drawn at random at the end of each month. Thank you so much for being here. I can't wait to continue to watch our little community blossom. 
I want to give you all a heads up about a podcast I am really enjoying right now. Leadership School with Life Coach Kyla Kofer explores all facets of leadership, including conflict resolution, boundaries, self-care, purpose, and courage. I am particularly taken with her emphasis on leading from the inside out, with an emphasis on nurturing the inner leader, making their purposeful work feel enriching and sustainable. I've taken away a lot of helpful wisdom from this show in terms of running my own businesses in a way that invigorates me instead of draining me. I hope you'll check it out. Leadership School is available on all podcasting platforms. You can also check out their website, leadershipschoolpodcast.com. You brought up the unconscious. So please, Robert, like just from your perspective, as someone Mm -hmm, who really understands more about Mm -hmm. this stuff than myself or probably my average listener, (laughs) how do you make sense of the connection between these Mm -hmm. substances and the unconscious? Like what is happening? How Mm -hmm. are they accessing the unconscious? What's happening there? Like, Mm -hmm. what is your take on that? Please. Yeah, great question. Yeah, and I, I figured the unconscious piece might, you know, Maybe might be relevant, maybe a little bit just given the podcast and stuff, but yeah. So, you know, there's, there's kind of like a science perspective. There's a little bit more of just kind of like a personal perspective, a bit of a mystic perspective, but generally what, what we see is psychedelics help connect us with um, the unconscious and it helps connect us some with the collective unconscious, some with our personal unconscious. Right. And so it, it can help us bring in or get in touch with uh, some of the repressed or pushed away or not safe or um, shadow parts of us, you know, difficult memories, traumas, you know, behaviors that, that you know, sometimes we're not even aware of yes. or, you know, are and suppress. So psychedelics help get in touch with those things that, you know, our, our conscious brain doesn't you know, always allow that ego mediating, you know, with the unconscious, like, nope, I'm, we're not going there. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not safe. Because it's unknown and that can feel mm-hmm. scary. And yeah. on that note, my audience doesn't know this, Robert knows this, okay. but yeah. I mm-hmm. am planning on doing a ketamine session mm-hmm. myself because I want to have the experience. I mm-hmm. want to see what comes up for me. Mm-hmm. And kind of like Robert was saying earlier, I'm not trying to treat a certain diagnosis, anything like mm-hmm. that, luckily enough. Instead, I want to experience this substance and how it might affect and unlock some parts of mm-hmm. my unconscious. I'm very yeah. curious about that. However, mm-hmm. I noticed that when I was looking into booking a session, Mm -hmm. I was feeling a lot of fear, actually. And so earlier when you were talking about all of this sort of phases of the work, like all Mm -hmm. of the lead up and preparation and education, and then all of the kind of aftercare of Mm -hmm. integration, that just really is so soothing. Like that just Mm -hmm. helps to really, I think, put a lot of people at Mm -hmm. ease that we're caring for you on all sides of this journey that you're Mm -hmm. about to go on. It's just so, it's so comforting. It's so helpful. So I was really happy to hear more about that. Yeah. Yeah. And and that, um, yeah, that's part of why we do it is, is just, I mean, you know, creating that kind of like safe container and, and being able to kind of explore stuff, you know, before and after and, 
um, you know, really, like I said, get the most out of, out of this experience. And yeah, the, the anxiety and fear, I mean, I definitely relate to that. And oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely something we, you know, that comes up quite a bit. Um, and, and often when that doesn't come up, you know, I'm like, huh, let's, <laughs> let's check in on that. Yeah, like, I'm curious you know. about that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I wonder, I wonder why not? Like, is it really not there? Or is that something we're also kind of pushing away, suppressing? But yeah, it's a very normal part of it. And that's part of that, like, you know, the preparation is really working with that, speaking to that, you know, there's some different approaches to kind of help suit that a little bit. Um, And part of what we look for, um, like with, for instance, like internal family systems perspective is is that like anxious, fearful protector or protectors. Can we get at least begrudging permission, you know, to do this journey? Because it will be begrudging if it comes, it will be begrudging. Yes, probably. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, you know, that protector, we can work with it enough and it's just like, all right, cool. Let's do this. We're you know? ready. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, can I, I do this enough? And and often, you know, what can happen to you with, with the medicines is, you know, once the ego starts relaxing a little bit, it can turn those protectors down a little bit, you know, not always. And that's part of the preparation is, you know, what to kind of do with that. And, you know, how do we frame those experiences? I I know there's a lot of talk, for instance, about, you know, like bad trips. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. And and I think a lot of that is dose set setting, you know, and so for anybody listening, you know, dose is, I mean, your dosage, you know, and, and so we try to speak to that too much, you know, can, you know, lead to potential different outcomes, right? Um, You know, set is your mindset going into it. And then setting is, yeah, setting like who you're around, where you're at. And so, yeah, there's definitely some work we can do around that to um, help ease the mind a little bit and reframe things like bad trip versus, you know, you know, difficult experience. Challenging. Yeah. Yeah. Challenging is, is, yeah. One of the words we love. Yeah. I'm I'm glad you use that. You know, do you have a, a, if you have a really hard workout at the gym, you know, is that a bad workout, you know, or is it, no, it's challenging, but you know, guess, guess when the most growth tends to happen. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, and the way that I like to think about, you know, using the unconscious in my work, I'm, I'm a depth oriented therapist. Mm -hmm. I use a lot of IFS. I like to think about it in terms of trying to understand that these parts, like these mm-hmm. unconscious, more sort of shadow-based parts are affecting me regardless mm-hmm. of whether I am conscious of how they're affecting yeah. me. Mm-hmm. And so by being curious and trying to let down some of those walls of fear and explore, mm-hmm. I can begin to integrate those parts more yeah. instead of being just... <laughs> you know, like jerked around by them Mm -hmm. and not understanding why, like, I, yeah, I I really believe in that. And I've felt that personally. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Taking those kind of like unintegrated or fragmented or shadow, you know, parts or or aspects of ourselves and, and yeah, shining a little light on them. And from like a different perspective, Yes, kind of going back to my journey, right? Like I, I, I knew I had a lot of that guarding around my heart, you know, and, and, I had the awareness of it, right? But just approaching it, you know, with with ego so still involved, you know, and self so still involved, it it just, yeah, it didn't quite yield the results that I was wanting. Yeah. And, and just being able to kind of like, okay, what's actually underneath that and leading to that and yes. yeah, integrating those pieces. And it makes so much sense to me that it would be so hard to trust that process. Mm-hmm 
Mm-hmm. purely intellectually yeah. without some kind of experiential component mm-hmm. of like oh wait a minute i can feel that interconnection mm-hmm. that connection that love oh i can feel that in like every part of my body so now i can trust it more mm-hmm. i've experienced it yeah i think yeah great way to frame that oh uh, okay can we talk about mushrooms a little bit is that something <laughs> sure. that we can talk about okay because I know you said like 2024 or 2025. However, mm-hmm. if I'm thinking about this correctly, there are a couple of states that currently have clinical trials for psilocybin, yeah. Oregon, mm-hmm. and maybe there's one more. I can't remember mm-hmm. right now. I'll have to look it up. Yeah, no, and great point. Yeah, and, and so kind of with the like 2024 or five, or I'd, I'd have to look up that timeline again. Yeah, it was like a few years down the road. Yeah, you know, I was bummed about it. But whatever year it is now, I don't know sometimes. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. I'm like, is this still 2020? Is COVID happening? I, but, truly. Um, <laughs> yeah, is, is that's kind of like on a federal, national level. Yes. Um, but no, excellent point. Um, you know, there is, uh, yeah, a couple of places in the U.S. And, and so, yeah, kind of Pacific Northwest, yeah. um, Oregon, I, I believe, and um, Oakland um, that yes. have decriminalized um, psilocybin and plant medicines. And, you know, I'd, I'd have to Google real quick on a you know, exact know. list and laws around it. But, you know, it, it is showing a little bit of a, a shift, um, you know, and, and of course, you know, kind of starting on the coasts, unsurprisingly. I know, yeah. But, you know, progress. And let's see, I, I believe Texas signed into law or, or we're about to uh, legalizing plant medicine for veterans. Amazing. Yeah. And, you know, Texas, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, I'm from Texas. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I understand. Perfect, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not the state I would expect offhand, you know, but I hey. Know. You know, I'll, I'll take that shift. So no, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up and, and excellent, you know, kind of point with that. Um, and so kind of Tennessee wise, I, I'm going to be probably, <laughs> yeah, probably not expect too much before, you know, a, a national shift with things. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in terms of psilocybin, because mm-hmm. that's what we're talking about when we're talking about mushrooms, correct? Mm-hmm. We're talking about sort of a specific right. like branch of mushrooms. Mm-hmm. So with this type of medicine, what is your experience mm-hmm. um, there? Is that anything mm-hmm. that you have learned about, trained mm-hmm. on, experienced mm-hmm. personally? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where are you with psilocybin, Robert? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great question. Um, definitely had, you know, personal experiences with psilocybin and, and um, you know, really geared towards like growth and experience and yeah, j- just getting to, you know, kind of experience that medicine and, and um, you know, get some healing from that. So, you know, there's kind of that personal experience side. Um, professionally, some of the, the trainings I've done are, you um, kind of uh, related to psilocybin. There's um, currently some training programs around psilocybin, but those are a little less developed usually. Okay. And um, I kind of started with, you know, MDMA and ketamine as, as my trainings, but like the underlying concepts of, you know, working with, with these medicines are all you know, it, it's all pretty similar. Yes. Kind of a, a non-directive approach and, you know, like how to hold that, you know, space and create that container, you know, prep, integration. And, and there's some kind of specific differences, medicine to medicine, but mm-hmm. underlying, you know, uh, foundation of that is, you know, I, I don't know, 80% the same or something. Okay. Kind of like overlap with that. Yeah, it was going to be my next kind of big training. Great. There was a little bit of like a, a you know, kind of clock component with that of like, well, eh, 24 or five. 
-hmm. we've got a little time. Yes, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Okay. And my understanding is that again, psilocybin is creating these experiences for people of that that interconnection, like that mm-hmm. connection to themselves, connection yeah. to the world around them. I would mm-hmm. say that from what I have heard and experienced, I have experienced mm-hmm. with psilocybin as well. Okay, yeah. I've experienced such a strong connection to the natural world mm-hmm. when using psilocybin yeah. and that being sort of like a standout um, sort of element, I, mm-hmm. I would say in my, in my own experiences. Yep. What, what do you think about that? Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah, I would I would definitely agree. Uh, yeah, something that that psilocybin definitely brings is is that kind of like plant nature yes. environment connection, and yeah, the the kind of like person in nature connection too. Um, you know, people tend to, to feel a lot more, you know, connected to the earth and um, yeah. that yeah, the the feeling of being in nature. You know, versus something like MDMA. I mean, it you know you can get those um, connections with nature, but you know, not really in the same way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You get a lot more of that kind of like, you know, uh, okay with vulnerability and, and intimacy and yes. openness with, with MDMA. So that makes sense. Yeah. Just kind of different pros, um, to each, but, um, yeah. And, and so let's see, psilocybin. Yeah. Definitely has that piece and, and tends to also, you know, feel like a, a connection with others in a way, a little bit different than MDMA, you know, cosmic universal interconnectedness yes, of people. That makes sense. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, yeah. If I may, I want to share a sure. little story about that quickly. So this is so, this mm-hmm. still blows my mind when I talk about it. So this was before I had experienced psilocybin myself. So mm-hmm. this was a weekend several years ago where my husband on a camping trip with friends and had mm-hmm. an experience with psilocybin with this mm-hmm. group. And during that weekend, I had two different dreams Mm. that as it turns out aligned almost exactly with visions that he was having while he was using psilocybin Mm -hmm. and so he got back and he's like telling me about these experiences and the things that he saw things that pertained to us and our relationship that gave him a lot of like peace Mm -hmm. and I was like my eyes were just like wide as saucers like listening to him (laughs) and he was like what and I was like I had these dreams and they were exactly what you're talking about what so yeah to this day I that just like gives me chills it I can't Mm -hmm. believe that because of course you hear all the time about two people who are both using psilocybin having very Mm -hmm. similar experiences at the same time but I wasn't on anything I was just sleeping in my bed and we were having Mm -hmm. these experiences together it was wild so I don't know if you've heard stories like that but I that it was pretty Mm -hmm. fascinating yeah I definitely yeah I mean have and and um yeah it was always so like interesting and fascinating when that happened and you know, we can kind of like get into, you know, the the similarities between like a psychedelic state and a dream state yes. and discussion we could have around, you know, like collective unconscious or just, you know, the, the interconnectedness of people. And is there underlying the universe a little bit? And it's yeah. all, you know, kind of different viewpoints for different people. But it is something I, I yeah, definitely hear a decent amount. Just this mm-hmm. like interesting, you know, connection that like, huh, yes. you know, that there's something other than chance with that. Exactly. It's Mm -hmm. that sort of like synchronicity, like that meaningful Mm -hmm. coincidence where it just, yeah, it makes you feel, again, the word that we keep coming back to is like very connected. Mm -hmm. Makes you feel very connected. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was going to ask you um, if you tend to view like psychedelics as inherently mm-hmm. sort of spiritual or sacred. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious about that. Yeah, um, I, I think they can be. And I think a lot of that is, is I also try to come at this, um, you know, fairly neutrally to kind of like meet people where they're at, you know. And so I, I work with, you know, some clients who are, are kind of heavy, like atheistic, you know, sure. like just kind of science mind. And it's like, okay, cool. You know, sounds good. I'm on board with you. Yeah. And then, you know, have clients that are very, you know, kind of like mystical and spiritual and, and yeah. you know, some, of course, religious too. And yeah, so meet people where they're at. But I, I would say it, it tends to, and there's a, a great study. Um, uh, was it one of the Harvard studies? I always forget who did it, but you know that that showed psilocybin could just yeah reliably create mystical experiences. We'll have to link to mm-hmm. that. I think that's so yeah. fascinating, especially um, as someone who is both healing from religious trauma mm-hmm. and who works with a sure. lot of clients who have religious mm-hmm. trauma. I just there's a lot of interest around mm-hmm. that for me, yeah. just personally. But I like what you said about how mm-hmm. these medicines can be accessible to anyone from any mm-hmm. um, sort of background or frame yeah. of mind. And while I do think that it is important and worthwhile to recognize that many of these substances have been revered mm-hmm. as sacred mm-hmm. historically, culturally, in their different uses throughout time, we are evolving as humans yeah. and mm-hmm. we can see things from multiple perspectives. Yep. So it doesn't have to be one or the other. It can be both and all of the above. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, absolutely. That's really cool. On that subject of sort of like understanding the cultural uses of these sure. um, substances, what would you say um, for those of us who are really trying to be considerate of like mm-hmm. not appropriating anything culturally, mm-hmm. like of having that really strong cultural consideration Mm -hmm. of how these plants are used what do you think that we need to be keeping in mind like just Mm -hmm. to be using these substances responsibly um, from that cultural standpoint Mm -hmm. yeah i think a fantastic question with that some of what uh you know i kind of like encourage people to do is is keep in mind you know the heritage the lineage of um you know a lot of these medicines i mean especially the plant medicines you know synthesized medicines mdma or lsd or something you know are are kind of lab created and and a little different heritage with those but yeah i mean all the plant medicines coming from this just kind of long indigenous spiritual and healing and and cultural practices and and so i think some of it is is just you know always kind of keeping that in mind and um you know honoring that maria sabina in, in the uh, 50s, I, I think it was, you know, that, I mean, introduced the Western world to, you know, uh, psilocybin and, and mushrooms. And, you know, this was not a, a you know, kind of like Western white man, you know, um, invention or or discovery or exactly. you know, this was, yeah, coming out of that, that, you know, kind of indigenous or spiritual, cultural, you know, piece. And so, you know, I, I think that's some of it, you know, some of it is also really looking at, you know, kind of responsible use as far as, you know, kind of like amount and sourcing. Yes. Um, there's been a lot of discussion, for instance, around like peyote and, and you know, it's, it's kind of limited. Ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ayahuasca. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, our earth is only so big and we only have so many, you know, animals and plants and, you know, with animals, we talk about like 5-MeO-DMT, you know, and, and so, you know, what does kind of like, you know, obtaining that responsibly look like? And do we, you know, do we obtain some of that? You know, there's been a lot of pushback, you know, which I'm on board with of, uh, you know, with peyote use and, and um, you know, how we're really kind of Western world is limiting, you know, in, in native groups and in, in using that just because of, of yeah. scarcity. Um, yes. And, 
the sort of exploitation of Mm -hmm. some of these substances. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and problematic now, but especially, you know, if if kind of things continue, you know, we we would be potentially, you know, taking away, you know, that group's culture. And so, yeah, for ourselves, you know, it's, you know, what does, yeah, responsible, you know, choice in medicine look like and, and, you know, also responsible setting that and like participating in, you know, ceremonies when invited, you know, versus, you know, let me kind of like purchase this and do this at home on my own with, with specific things. You know, I I keep going back to peyote for instance. Sure. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Like a lot of it comes down to just that level of really making sure Mm -hmm. that you are educating yourself Mm -hmm. about like these, not only the source, but also the history and just coming at it from that. Again, it's like, it's all about intention. It's like coming at Mm -hmm. it from that really just respectful Mm -hmm. frame of mind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's really helpful. I know that I will get questions about that and those would be my first questions too. So Mm -hmm. thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's probably scratching the surface, but of course, um, kind of a couple quick go-tos with that. Yeah. I know. Mm -hmm. It's such a rich topic. I I -hmm. know Robert, when we were talking about this, we were already saying like, there might have to be a part two. Like there's (laughs) so much to get into here Mm -hmm. because yeah, I do. I feel like, I feel like Scratching the surface is still mm. great and fun, but like, I already want more. Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Last question from mm, me sure. for today are just helping people understand, like, are there any sort of real risks that they mm-hmm. should be aware yep. of when engaging with these substances, mm-hmm. like health wise, but also mm-hmm. just, we've touched on this a little bit, but even just like emotionally. So what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and one, one of the kind of big concepts that, that we look at is harm reduction, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, one of the underlying principles, you know, is, is that reduction piece, right? I mean, there, you can never get rid of, of potential harm completely with anything, you know, but, you know, we have harm reduction when I drive, right? You know, yeah. like wear a seatbelt, you know, uh, defensive drive, you know, pay attention, you know, don't drink and drive, don't be on your cell phone, you know, but obviously, you know, it's still inherently like a, a potential risk with that. Yeah. And so, you know, what we do, same with, with psychedelics. I mean, there's um, some kind of, uh, you know, psychological or psychic or, you know, that those internal risks we have from more of the mental health standpoint, um, you know, because these are powerful tools mm-hmm. and people can have those challenging experiences and, and you know, when not prepared for those and also without kind of like helpful integration afterwards. I, I mean, they, they can leave some deep grooves in people. So there's kind of that like psychological piece we look at, um, you know, there's also the, the physical health piece, you know, some, some of the medicines, some more than others, you know, can have some, some, you know, physical effects that we just need to be aware of. And especially like depending on dosage, MDMA, for instance, is, is pretty rough on the liver. Okay. Yeah. And, and, you know, kind of increases blood pressure, heart rate, you know, we need to be aware of that. Um, so like the clinical trials, for instance, are screening people with cardiovascular health problems. Yes kind of some like physical safety with that, um, with, uh, like ayahuasca, you know, which is, um, DMT mixed with an MAOI. And so that MAOI piece can interact with a lot of different medicines, um, like, like, you know, general kind of health medications, um, different foods. And so, you know, we just need to be aware of some of that, which is, you know, these are some of the things we look at, like in preparing for a journey, you know, like, is this physically something that makes sense for you? Yes. You know, is it, um, you know, kind of emotionally, psychologically, and, and how do we get there? And yeah, like I said, with dosage, I mean, 
you know, MDMA, um, for instance, is, uh, you know, when taken at kind of like therapeutic doses, it's safer than riding a horse. Wow. I know what it, <laughs> uh, right. Like everybody's just like, yeah, I get a horse. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I admit I stole that from one of my books, but you know, That's it's so interesting. Um, yeah. When I read that, I was like, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, and I think it was like riding a bike five miles or something. I can't remember the other one, but so I was like, funny. oh, well, yeah, nobody thinks twice about riding a bike. Yeah, well, maybe in Nashville with our terrible, you know, oh my lack god, of bicycle transportation. But I know separate, I'm you know. in East Nashville, so like it's mm-hmm. a no go for me. Yeah, like, yeah. So, yeah, so maybe in a bike friendly city, it's the yes. same. But um, but yeah, I mean something like that though with like dosage. I mean, um, you know, you, you start getting into some higher doses with that. I mean, it it you know can uh, cause like serotonin syndrome. You know, which yes, can I read about that. lead to death. Mm-hmm. And so you know, like I said, obviously I don't want to kind of like overly scare people, right? I mean, therapeutic doses generally super safe. Exactly. Obviously, you know, there's, there's some things we would look at, but, um, I think there's been in, in like the maps MDMA clinical trials, um, you know, like one adverse event. And that was, you know, as I recall, I think like maybe a little tachycardia that, you know, was fine afterwards, you know, so in that context, yeah, pretty safe, but you know, I mean, things, things to be aware of certainly. Exactly. And, Mm -hmm. and that is true by the way of, any plant medicine. Mm -hmm. So I have a special interest in herbalism and Mm, using, using plant medicine for a variety of, you know, mental, emotional, Mm -hmm. physical conditions, but there always needs to be awareness of Mm -hmm. contraindications, just like you would have with medicine, with pharmaceuticals, you need to be aware of how these plants mix and affect each other Mm -hmm. and affect different conditions that you may have. So there always needs to be that extra layer of research and consideration. Mm -hmm even though something is natural or from the earth doesn't yeah. mean that it's going to necessarily be healthy in all cases. So yeah, Absolutely. I just think it's important to think about all the yeah. different sides of, of this mm-hmm. spectrum. So yeah, just yeah. touching on that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. And yeah, I mean, there's, there's some contraindications or rule outs. I mean, like history of psychosis yes. or, you know, mania can be something we look at. And, and I do want to also kind of give like a nod to um, cultural harm reduction also, yes. you know, and, and acknowledging, you know, the unfair laws and, and, you know, unfairly um, utilized laws too. I mean, you know, it's looking at some, some of the cultural, you know, kinda like white culture having, you know, a lot more access to, you know, these medicines because, because culturally, you know, like uh, law enforcement wise, it's safer, you know, and, and so what does kind of harm reduction there look like? And, and that's where like, as a community, we look at, you know, working on, you know, decriminalization, you That's know, right. changing some of that. Yeah. So, so there's kind of some like bigger picture harm, you know, that, that we yes. don't really lose sight of, you know, so it's not just me, it's, it's, you know, kind of, you know, family, culture, society, that there's that harm, unfortunately, or there's potential for it. Absolutely. And I love that you brought that up because we're back mm-hmm. to your dream again now. Mm-hmm. And we're yep. back to your sort of trickster part that wants to poke holes <laughs> in some of the ways that, yes, that access mm-hmm. has been unfairly distributed mm-hmm. and that yes um we didn't get into like marijuana and all of the criminalization yeah, yeah, around same, marijuana yeah. how that negatively impacts communities of color so much more mm-hmm. than white communities so there's a lot more we could say but yeah. i'm glad that you brought that back to that trickster mm-hmm. piece that knows that this hasn't been right mm-hmm. or fair it's so true so mm-hmm. 
oh, so much. It's just such a juicy, (laughs) it's such a juicy topic. Yeah. But I'm so glad that you've been Mm -hmm. here and that you've educated us so much, Robert. I like, I love when I walk away from a conversation with like even more like questions, like I'm like, I want to know more, even more now. Um, It's so fun. (laughs) So thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, and, and I, I mean, really appreciate the invite, and and you know, I mean, I love talking about psychedelics, and and you know, talking about the work I do with them because I, I really believe in it and and see the changes. So, in any chance to do that, I'm like, yeah, yeah, sign me up. But if we're talking That's about awesome. part two, I'm like, sure, just like, you know, shoot tell me, me when. Email. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I guess I would, I would just you know encourage people, you, you know, um, especially with some skepticism. I, I would encourage people to to you know kind of do a little research and and look at the the clinical results that are coming out, and you know just the benefit people are having from this. I, I think there's a lot of that stigma that that you know maybe this is my trickster part, right? You know, but you know a lot of that stigma that that I think just doesn't fit the the reality of these medicines. You That's know, right. and I'm not That's saying right. they can't be problematic or you know can't be harmful, but the the reality of that, especially in a therapeutic context, you know, is, yes. is much different than, uh, you know, some of our dare messages growing up. Exactly. Or, you know. Recreational, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. That's good. That's so important mm-hmm. to just, it's just a good reminder, like mm-hmm. to like thicken that narrative a mm-hmm. little bit. And so we will include some links to some studies mm-hmm. um, yep, in the show it. notes for sure. Yeah. There's, many mm-hmm. <laughs> at this point. So we'll pick a few good ones. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Robert, where can listeners find you? Um, mm-hmm. Where can they find your more information about your yeah. work if they want to work with you? So give us yep. that information, please. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, I do this work uh, with the Nashville Psychedelic Center. And so it's NashvillePsychedelicCenter.com. Um, and it's myself and, and co-founder Lindsay Weiner. And yeah, we, we both just love doing this work. So, um, you know, people f- can feel free to, to reach out, you know, with, with questions. There's like a little contact thing on the website, um, you know, emails Robert at NashvillePsychedelicCenter.com um, or Lindsay at NashvillePsychedelicCenter.com. Always appreciate people kind of browsing the site and I have a little blog I do with some info. Yeah, nothing else. Kind of go back to that invitation to learn a little bit, you know, and, and maybe be a little open-minded for some of the skeptics. You know, there's some some good info on there with some good links with this umbrella. I also have my private practice that, you know, love working with people with, you know, some trauma work or, um, you know, anxiety, depression, kind of all that too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. Wonderful, Robert. We love a male therapist who can just bring it and like dig in and really, (laughs) really do the deep emotional work. So Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I will keep you posted about part two. We'll see. Sounds great. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. Thank you, Robert, for everything. This has been so just inspiring and exciting. So really appreciate you. My pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the invite. (laughs) Thank you. And now, please enjoy my song, Mind's Eye, co-written and performed by my dear friend, Biz Coletti. I've tried 
That's a wrap for this episode. If you believe in this work and want to support the continuation of our show, please join us on Patreon. There we are building a community where you'll find bonus dream work exercises, guided meditations, community events, and so much more. The link is in show notes. Don't forget, if you leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, you'll be automatically entered into a monthly contest to win a free 20-minute shadow work tarot session with yours truly. But please subscribe and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. It truly makes a difference and helps other people find the show. Thank you again to my guest, Robert DeSalvo, for sharing your knowledge and experiences with us. May we all find many roads to opening our hearts. Do you have questions or a dream you want to share? Please drop me an email at psychemagicpodcast at gmail.com. You can also leave me a voicemail via the link in show notes. I'd love to hear from you. And you could be featured on a future episode. You can also follow us on Instagram at psyche underscore magic. Check out my Psyche Magic playlist on Spotify. Link is in show notes. 
Psyche Magic was produced and recorded by me, Jordan Hale. Editing for this episode is by Masuzu Inaga. Our theme music is by Young Summer. Artwork is by Annika Murphy. Special thanks go to Grace Fuse and Daniel Higby. You can check out information about this and other episodes on our website, psychemagicpodcast.com. Psyche Magic is available via Anchor across all podcasting platforms. Thank you so much for listening. I'll leave you with a question. If you must sleep through a third of your life, are you willing to sleep through your dreams too? Get your dream journals out, y'all. Until next time.